And this is Deion Dawkins, man. And you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast. This is Season 9, Episode 18. I'm John DiCarlo, the editor of OwlScoop.com. I'm joined by Johnny Zwizlak, Ramir Vaughn, and Declan Landis. We have a very packed show ahead for you guys. Temple is 6-3 and three after beating Albany in Brooklyn Sunday, and then the Owls are going to take on VCU this Saturday on the road. We'll have a preview of that game, along with my one-on-one interview with Lynn Greer, Adam Fisher's chief of staff, and of course, one of the best players in the history of the Temple program. Diane Richardson's Temple women's basketball team is 4-5 and five, heading into tonight's home game against Delaware. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, a uh, couple hours away from, from tip-off over the Lee Course Center. And if you're subscribed to Al Scoop, you know that Diane and her staff are very much in the running for one of the top players in the nation from the 2024 class. We'll have more on that later on. And, of course, we're now less than a week away from next week's National Signing Day. Stan Drayton and his football staff are up to 11 verbal commitments now. There are more on the way. We'll have updates for you later on in the podcast. But you have to be subscribed to AlScoop.com to get all the good stuff, including their quarterback recruiting targets and much more. And, of course, we'll have answers to all of your mailbag questions as well. we got a few this week. The Scoop, as always, brought to you guys by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us, Temple Law Grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win, so in Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. That's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. That's greenspans-law.com. What's up, guys? What's up, John? How we doing? What's going on? I need more. Just well, what do, you want, what do you want to talk I don't about? Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Said the guy that had to do four takes in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone good? Is this, uh, is, this, is this ghost Sour Patch Red Berry energy drink treating you well? It's starting to hit, yeah. It's starting I to hit. Think, uh, at least by segment three, I'll be really bringing the energy. So <laughs> that'll be nice. Johnny, what happened to your phone? Uh, you see, I, I fidget with my phone. I used to have a fi- like a fidget spinner that would go on the case, but mm-hmm. I got a new phone, so I had to get a new case. Mm. Um, and I and I play with it, and I it just now it broke. But look, now it, like when it bends like this, it like stands. Oh, never mind. <laughs> moving, moving on, moving on. It <laughs> didn't. It didn't do that. Sorry. Oh, well, you got a little something to keep you occupied. Something to shoot for. Oh, that, that, well, yeah, that see, is actually see? fairly. Uh, now I can watch my phone, there. and I don't have to prop it up on anything. It's go. just the case. There you go. Famous number 18s, guys. I mean, Johnny and, and Mir were apparently the fighting over the same person when we were talking about it initially. So yes. you guys want to go first? Okay. Johnny, well, you can go. There's some, yeah. there's go some on real three. obvious You ones. two, say the one that you both thought of on three. You ready? One, two, Three, Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin. Macklin. There you go. See, we we were on we were on the same mm-hmm. we were on the wavelength. same wavelength. Yeah. Yes. Uh, slightly better NFL player I can think of. Who wouldn't <laughs> I was thinking think. Justin Jefferson. That's the gritty on you guys. Yeah. Is better. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's I get it. Now. Yeah. yeah. Who else? A lot better. Uh, Peyton Manning. There you go. Yeah. Deontay Johnson. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know. He's not 
Well, no, I'm not saying he's good, but I'm saying like that's one that not many people would think of as good. I believe Daryl Strawberry was one he as well. He did Daryl Strawberry War number eighteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good. That's a good pull. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Good thirty for thirty. I've that's got the script good. pulled up. Okay, thank I'm just, you. Just checking. Just Unreal. Check, just Unreal. Checking work. Couldn't do this last week when we were on Zoom. So, oh, check. Fact checking. I don't actually <laughs> think I got any last week. You didn't? I think every year. No, I said. Um, Philip Rivers last yes. week. Every yes. season when we get to episode 18, I go with my favorite I got former one. Pittsburgh Pirate who you guys would never remember or have heard of, Andy Van Slyke. Played with, yeah. with steroid Barry Bonds oh, and wow. Bobby Bonilla, who, of course, is still getting paid well, <laughs> by the Mets. Him and Shohei. Two <laughs> heck of a contract for the two of them. Yeah. I got an obscure one. What's okay. that? Randy Moss with the Raiders. Oh. Hmm. And yet that's really specific. What do you wear with yet. the Vikings? 84. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Every time I hear Randy Moss's name, I hear Joe Buck in my head going, that's a disgusting act by Randy Moss. <laughs> 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 he, like fake moons the crowd. I love that clip so much. That is very funny. Johnny, any Phillies that come to mind? They're literally, I was trying to think of that. I can't think of one. Originally, I was like, oh, Mickey Moniak. But no, he wore 16, not 18. So I, I can't think of any Phillies that are. Especially like like processed Phillies, like the like the dark days. Usually, I'm pretty good with that, but I can't think of anyone that wore 18. It's probably going to be someone we forget. Yeah, there definitely is. I just can't think of anyone. Pat Egan, one of our loyal listeners from 97.5 The Fanatic, will probably text me in a few days when he listens and uh, think of a flyer. Wait, was Mike? No, no. Last week you said Mike Richards. Jeff Carter wore number seventeen. I think yes. Mike Richards wore number Mike eighteen. Mike Richards wore eighteen. You're right. There I we see. go. Mike that was Richards. him. That wore. He said Look Mike at Richards. Look us. Uh, I said Mike Richards. Oh, well, you. Oh, <laughs> Mike Richards this week. There I'll take go. it. Good job. You get. You We've get. You get an assist on that. He was one. my favorite flyer back in the day. <laughs> you, you got so offended. I said it. I was wrong. <laughs> I just. You know. I don't. Let me be recognized for being wrong. I don't do. This segment very well, and this was the one time that I could actually get one right. And you know what? But you, you don't do you this segment very well. And you think I'm you not very good at on it. your weaknesses. Well, I clearly today search. I did. I came with three or four. You did. You did. I'm proud of you, Declan. Thank you, Johnny. Good I appreciate that. Thank you. Rymir doesn't Thank care. Thank you, Mir. <laughs> <laughs> Rymir does not. Rymir's got his eyes on the prize. He is six days away right now. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Are we all going to commencement to support him? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. He saved us two of his tickets. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. But six days away, we'll all be there. It's Absolutely. crazy. It's so weird to think about that. Johnny, are you bringing any, any signage, any any like horns, any any just patterns? We are painting our chests, right? I, yeah, I think, I think that? Yeah, was that still happening? I believe so. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't, I don't know if they'll let me bring in my, uh, the the foghorn. I don't know if that's allowed. Is that? <laughs> I would imagine that the Temple Performing Arts Center has an anti-foghorn <laughs> policy, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I it's a big space. Yeah. I mean, it's a big space. It's a majestic you know? space. Yeah. It is. It's a beautiful space. I yeah. don't even know where is that. It's uh, <laughs> it's like right on Broad Street. <laughs> it's right on Broad Street. Bro. Yeah. You know where the president's office is? Nope. All right. Cool. <laughs> Good talk. Figure it's that the, out by it's next the week. original temple. Okay. Okay. I know where that is. Is it not? The complexity. Isn't that the original the building? The complexity of Rymir Bottom. One hand, he's one of Temple's best students. On the other hand, he has no idea. Doesn't where quite <laughs> know where he's going. Next no, week on for one graduation. hand, he's no literally clue. lived here his entire life. On the yeah, other hand, he has no idea where the building yeah. is. No clue. No clue. He's gonna be sitting by yourself in the Leah Chorus Center and be like, I guess it's just me this year. <laughs> what the hell, guys? <laughs> what are we doing? I know. We, I know we had a low graduating number, but what the heck? How am I the only Nobody's one? Nobody's called my name yet. That's drawn. <laughs> <laughs> well. 
We did promise at the outset of the pod uh, my interview with Lynn Greer. Again, uh, pretty much all of you know how good of a player Lynn Greer was during his time at Temple, played overseas, spent a year in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks, and now he's back as Adam Fisher's chief of staff. And this is our first opportunity to sit down with Lynn now that he's been on the job about a month and a half or so. And again, as, as Temple's chief of staff, a, a big part of his job is going to be uh, alumni engagement, community service stuff, and of course, working on some NIL initiatives. So we talked about that, talked a little bit about the roster uh, and a lot more. So we'll play this interview for you. It's about 20 or 22 minutes here. Then we'll have some more on the other side for you guys. Lynn, tell us, uh, tell us how this all came together with you coming back to, to be on Adam's staff. Uh, well, it started, uh, I first met Adam when he was coaching at Miami. Uh, they were recruiting my son. Uh, so I had you know frequent conversations with Adam. Uh, fast forward, he gets the job here. I went to my phone to send him a text, congratulations, welcome to the family. And, um, you know, from there we just started having small dialogue. And he said, you know, you should come into the office and uh, let's talk. So he came in and talked. And he, his first thing was about how to get alumni to come back, former players. Um, you know, he recognized that, you know, this is this program was built on the former players, so he wanted to bring everybody back, and he knew I had a good connection to, to them. And um, From there, we just started talking about uh, the possibility of coming on board. What made you want to do it? Because the last time we talked, you, you got a lot of things going on. You had the home health care business, and you've been really successful with that, and you've been able to enjoy at least retirement from playing. But, you know, there's everybody talks about, like, their want to. What made you want to come back and say, yeah, I'm going to do this? Well, you know, I always have come back and um, just not in a formal um, fashion. You know, I would, when Aaron was here, I would, you know, come up and play ball with the, with the, the coaching staff. I would, uh, you know, be around in practices and games. Um, there wasn't an opportunity at that time. So, you know, when one opened up, I talked with my family and I'm like, listen, I, you know, I have the time and um, definitely always want to be a part of Temple basketball. So it made sense for me. What is it? Um what is it? You talked a little bit about this, but what is it about um, Adam that you see that can, you know, move move the program forward now? Um, well, I think he's building a culture here um, where the baseline is, is hard work, right? Hard work is going to get you minutes on the court. Hard work is going to push the program forward. And that's not just with the players. It's like the coaches. Um, he holds everybody, the managers at a, at a uh, you know, high regard and, and, and that's what we want to see um, as fans of Temple basketball. Tell me about what the when we reported that you were you were coming here that the job's going to include a little bit of everything some community service some NIL stuff some alumni engagement what what does that look like so far and then what do you want it to look like in the future? Uh, right now it's I'm still, you know, processing everything. It's only been a month and a half, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm knowing who all the who do I go to for this? Who do I go to for that? And um, I actually have a meeting today with Arthur Johnson mm -hmm. just to, you know, understanding the lay of the land right now. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, I want it to be um, just kind of like a family atmosphere where both alumni, former players can come and feel comfortable uh, returning to at any time. Um, you know, the NIL piece is something that's been in the works before I was here. So I'm trying to see where I fit in mm -hmm. um, in that space. So, uh, 
it's a work in progress. Did you have, once you got the job, did you have, I mean, obviously you being in touch with a lot of the former players is not mm -hmm. a new thing, but what was their reaction? Did you get, like, once they heard that you were coming in as the chief of staff, did you start getting even more reaction from guys saying, hey, let me know how I can help? Well, it's more so the, the chief of staff title is so broad right. that um, the first thing, I, I got congratulations from everyone. Um, after that, it was, what's, what's that? What's the chief of staff? Right. You know, so I just have to explain to everybody and, um, again, the people who played here and went here and, you know, were here during Coach Cheney's time or Coach Duff's time, you know, you want to have a home to come back to. And we just want to make it as welcoming as possible for everybody who, you know, played or didn't play. When you, if you were talking to somebody, whether it's a former player, whether it's uh, – whether it's someone who owns like a, it's a temple alum who owns a business in town, then you were talking to them about the importance of, of NIL or donating to the out club or the tough fund or just getting involved. What, what's your pitch to them? Um, well, I think the main, uh, the main question for everyone is how can we get temple basketball back to where it once was, right? right? The landscape of NCA has changed. Um, and I want, my message is really just to get it out there that, listen, NIL is here, mm -hmm. and it's a huge part of how um, Temple can recruit players. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, and it doesn't take a whole 10-man roster that you, you know, have to cater to. It's like a couple guys can start to change the program around, um, and sooner or later we'll start to get back to those days where the, the local talent wants to come to Temple. Um, we're playing on a national stage so it's going to take time to build, but, you know, NIL is a huge part of that process now. What, you've never been comfortable doing this. You've always been more modest, and you were just mm -hmm. that, that silent killer of a player. But I'm going to try to ask you here to, to <laughs> brag about yourself. What is, it, do you th what is it about you that you think will be good in, in connecting with these former players? Because, you know, I know that, like, when your name comes up, it's, it's positive, 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 big shots, big shots, big scoring games, tournaments, everybody, you, like the Temple fan base from like my generation and like they, they have that connection with you. What do you think it is about you that's going to connect well with people when you're in those conversations? Um, I think that, yeah, you know, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think I'm a people person, right? Mm -hmm. So I can... Um, I can engage with anyone on any level um, in not so much of a business way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be personal. It's going to be um, relatable. Um, my experiences both at Temple and professionally uh, allows me to have, you know, go in a deep conversation about um, just adapting to different mm -hmm. cultures, the different policies. Right now we're in the NIL space. Um, I can also discuss the, the the Coach Cheney days and you know relive those moments with a lot of uh, a lot of people. How much is do you think it'll be is going to be about educating people about like what NIL is and like the importance of it? Because there are like again like people are entitled to their opinions and some people are like ah, I don't know if it's sustainable. Why should I do this? How much is it you think is going to be like educating people like you talked about before and saying like, hey, NIL is here to stay. Like we, if you are a Temple person, like investing back in the program is mm -hmm. going to help with recruitment, with retention, with getting the program back on the map. How much of it do you think is going to be like educating people on like, I don't know what you've heard, but here's how it is. I think all of it is education. I think um, when NIL first came out, everybody has a 
mindset of just, oh, we're paying players, so we're going to see college players driving around in a Mercedes. It's not that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what. That's the first uh, thought from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more so about companies, businesses, uh, donors coming forward, putting money into a collective mm-hmm. or uh, into the to the basketball program that will allow us to essentially uh, recruit better talent. Um, with better talent becomes, you know, hopefully wins. Mm-hmm. With wins comes. Uh, more student participation, more TV games. I guess it trickled down. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, instead of the students, you know, at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday roaming the streets of North Philadelphia, they're at the Temple games, mm-hmm. right? Um, brings police presence. It's, it's just a trickle down for the whole school that mm-hmm. uh, that I think can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen how when Temple teams are really good, mm-hmm. the Leacorice Center is filled. Mm-hmm. Um, the following both home and away. Um, I'm sure enrollment will go up. Yeah. You know, more recognition um, nationally. So It's kind of an overlooked piece of it, right? You it really see, we've is. seen enrollment go up at Temple in the past. Uh, the run that St. Joe's had in mm-hmm. 2004, like it's, mm-hmm. it's been it's been proven. What's um, – you're not an on the – you're not like a game day coach necessarily, no. but what is game day like for you <laughs> – uh, just in terms of like, if you had to walk somebody through it, where, like where you are, and then also the emotions of it, because you're still a player at heart, yeah. and you've worked with and counseled players at heart too. What is it like on game day for you? Uh, on game day, well, it, a lot leads up to game day, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not on the court giving the guys instruction or even you know giving the coaches things. It's more so um, preparing the players mentally to focus, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've been in their position. I've mm-hmm. been where they're trying to get to. So it's more so of, listen, this time flies by. Take advantage of today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed the things that some of the guys do well, some of the things they need to work on. So I'm saying, hey, I'll talk to Chris Clark or Bobby Jordan or even Khalif Wyatt and, like, listen, try to get such and such to work on this. Try to do this. And then they implement it. And, you know, it's just um, – it's more conversation on my experience to help the team as a whole. How much does the current roster know about you? I mean, in addition to, like, writing and reporting, like, I teach students, and I know that, like, the younger generation, like, I'm painting with a broad brush when I say this, they know a lot of, like, what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. And then once they kind of delve into your career and what you did here, what's their reaction? Like, how much do they know about what you did here? So I'm sure probably the first week I was here, you know, Coach Fish did a great job of, letting them know my accolades here at Temple. So I'm sure they knew that. But then as time goes on and I start to have personal conversations and even like with uh, Mateo and Sam, I'm talking about them with European basketball. Right. So it's like um, they dive more into probably some of my old highlights mm-hmm. or um, Steve Settles wearing my number, right? Mm-hmm. So I had those conversations with him. So yeah. it's – it's uh, it's um, – Depending on who I'm speaking with, you know, mm-hmm. Hasir Miller's from Philly. Jalil mm-hmm. White, I've known him since he was in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's each person has a different um, conversation with me, and we, you know, we're just building relationships. That's what it is. Even speaking of Jalil, and I asked Adam this, I think I asked Bobby this last week on our podcast, how much how much have you guys missed him, and how much is he going to mean to you guys when you get him back, whether that's this weekend or in Hawaii or after that? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he's, he means a lot because he has that experience. He's played in big-time games already um, here for Temple. Uh, 
he's a playmaker at heart, right? So he'll be able to free guys up um, a bit more. He's going to draw double teams when he posts up. He's he's just an athletic specimen where his height, his length, he's able to defend guys. So he'll he'll bring a, uh, a huge impact to the team, you know, whenever he joins. How much could you guys have used him against – St. Joe's, and obviously you got emotions going back and forth in that game mm-hmm. with your son and the, and the type of season that they're having, which is mm-hmm. which is great for them. I'd have to imagine John would have been able to help you against Rashir Fleming. <laughs> yeah, he would he would have been able to help against Fleming. I mean, he would have maybe neutralized a player or two somewhere. Um, he could have drew double teams. He got like I said, got easier shots for Mateo, for Hasir, um, for Sam, everybody. You know, he just draws he draws a lot of attention mm-hmm. just being on the floor. Whether he's rebounding and pushing the ball as a as a you know a, a powerful a power point guard, like you know, he just he adds a dynamic to the game that um, that we miss right now. If you were talking to to anybody, potential donors, fans, what do you what do you tell them about Adam Fisher, like off the court in the locker room? Like you said, you you got to know him on the recruiting trail when he was recruiting your son and trying to get him to come to Miami. So you have known him for a while. Um, and he's always been known as a relentless recruiter, whether it's getting guys in like Ronnie Walker and those guys. And um, he's been a successful assistant coach. What are you telling people now about him, if you're talking to Temple people, about Adam Fisher as a head coach and what you've seen so far? Well, I've, I've learned so much in this month and a half. I mean, even before he was at Temple, I've only known him as a recruiter, right? Mm-hmm. Um in the time that I've been here, what I would say is you have to see him up close and personal because the conversations that he has with the players in the locker room is so inspiring, right? So for those um, donors who do want to, you know, be a part of the program in some sort of way, I think that's an experience that we can probably facilitate where they can see him mm-hmm. in action, talking to the guys, motivating the guys. And I think it'll bring back that uh, – that feel of what we know as Temple basketball. Mm-hmm. What do you think of just how the team has played so far? I mean, I think you and I know, like, obviously this is this is a longer-term thing where mm-hmm. you guys are maybe a couple pieces away. The, the injury of Jaleel is hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, Dylan Batie and Aiden Tobias and coming in now. They've signed two really good recruits, and there will be more, I'm sure, in the future. But um, so far, I, I think the staff, you guys have gotten a lot out of this team you know, with with some shortcomings that are there when you lose the guys that you've lost in the portal, but where how have you seen things so far in terms of where you guys are in the season? I mean, they've made huge strides, and I'll tell you this because from last year's team, we got three guys, mm-hmm. right? So we got six or seven transfers, all new guys. Mm-hmm. The, those who didn't play major roles last year are playing significant roles. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys who come in from trans from the transfer portal come in with a chip on their shoulder. So they're working hard. They're competing. And, um, you know, they're making the most of the opportunity thus far. You know, What was the, what was the St. Joe's game like for you? I mean, like, watching your son's <laughs> not a new thing, but now that you're, like, officially on the staff, yeah. are you, is it like a possession-to-possession thing where, like, if your son makes a good move to the basket, or, like, I have to imagine as a father, you're like, man, good for him. What, what is it like? Do, do your emotions change, like, each possession? Yeah, it was tough, man, because, first of all, I had the worst seat in the gym, right? <laughs> I was sitting all, all the way up top because I didn't want to, you know, be ch- cheering one way or another, right. right? I know all of Temple plays. I know all of St. Joe's plays. I'm, you know, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, oh, that's a basket. Oh, that's a basket. Like, I see it on both ends, and... um 
you know, St. Joe's is playing really well right now. Um, got a really well-rounded team at all positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just let it play out. It's funny because um, what, what day did we play them on? Saturday? Yeah. So I came in here on um, on Thursday. And he was like, listen, man, we don't want to put you in. This was Coach Fisher said. I going to ask you this. We yeah. don't want to put you in any compromising position, so we'll see you on Monday. So mm-hmm. I actually was just off from Thursday to, to Monday, you know, just enjoy watching the game. So Fish did not even say to you, hey, Lynn, like, we know that you know. Obviously, they can watch film. They yeah, know what, yeah. what Billy does. They know, like, they, they know what your son does. They know what Eric Reynolds does. Mm-hmm. But um, you think that has a lot to do with their leg. Like, okay, we don't want to make this tough for you. We're just going to, like, because I was going to ask you about that. Like, you say, like, hey, I – I know what I know. I want to see my son do well, but, like, I know they do this, and they know they could be thinking about this. Well, I would think, and Coach Fisher showed it, like, everybody wants to keep the integrity of the game, right? right? I'm not, and I want to keep my integrity in saying I'm not telling them how St. Joe's plays and vice versa. I'm not talking to my son about it. So I was able to step away and just Mm -hmm. enjoy it as a basketball fan and a parent. What Billy's done there, um, and he's faced a lot of scrutiny, but, like, I think they're an interesting blueprint where, like, he's built it up and built it up and built it up. And, you know, like, a guy like Rashir Fleming didn't have a ton of offers. Now people see him blossoming. Mm-hmm. You know, your son went through ups and downs of this recruitment. His, his mm-hmm. playing career has really blossomed. Eric Reynolds, a guy that they that Temple at one point was recruiting, I don't know that anybody knew that he was going to be this good. Are they kind of a blueprint for some of the patients? And, like, you know, when Billy took over there, they had – all sorts of people left, and he yeah. talked about that, and he talked about the good job that he thinks Adam is doing. Do you kind of look at them and saying like that's what's, it's what's a, possible? Yeah, it's a similar it's a similar pattern thus far. Mm-hmm. I think when Billy took over, only three guys from the from right. last year's team uh, stayed. He had mm-hmm. recruits, mm-hmm. you know, go other places, and um, over time, he's just he's continued to stay the course, right? Mm-hmm. Trusting his and uh, his staff to recruit both in the transfer portal and, uh, you know, high school. And, you know, he's really built a, a good group of guys. Um, and I think we can do the same thing here. Who are some of the guys that you're still, like, the closest with from, from Temple, whether it's guys that you played with or guys that you just really became close with from other generations? Um, so I'm in, a, I'm in a daily group chat with, uh, I think it's like nine of us on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Rashid Brokenborough, mm-hmm. Rick Brunson, Jason Ivey. Lenar Stewart, mm-hmm. LeVan Austin, um, Chris Laws, Kevin Lyde, mm-hmm. and, uh, and David Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So it might be 10, but it's a lot of us, man. And, um, you know, we just talk all things basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody wants to see Temple do well. Right. You know, it's, it's, um, it's tough when we're not – because then we, we hear the backlash from everybody oh, on sure, Twitter yeah. and everything else. Yeah. But, you know, we have these moments and are able to support, you know, that we all we all are all in. How do those guys feel collectively now? I mean, each of them are entitled to their own opinion, but how do they feel now when you're in those group chats just in and of itself? Like when, when it ties to sports, it's like emoting, emoting, emoting. When it's mm-hmm. when the team's winning, it's great. When they're losing, it's like, why'd this happen? But are they pretty excited about the direction of the program now? Yeah, that we are. Um, everybody wants to wants to be a part of it, mm-hmm. you know, in some sort of way. So, you know, I think Fish has done a good job. We had a we had a Zoom call earlier in, in the year where he invited all former players. And mm-hmm. we had a good turnout. It was at least like 30 mm-hmm. people on the Zoom call. Um, 
you know, we'll, we'll continue to do a, a job of trying to connect and bring guys back. Mm-hmm. I think once they come back, because if you don't, if you only see Fisher and us on TV or something, you don't really know us. So I mm-hmm. think coming back, um, building that relationship and just making it feel home is, is the best route for us. When you're talking to players, again, you're not like on the court coaching them, but you can like just be around them. Um, again, we've talked about this a million times. One of the best things about you was you just – I know it was a John Chaney thing to say, like, I don't really want you guys to show emotion. You don't get too high, too mm-hmm. low, even if you just, like, <laughs> you know, like, fake somebody out of their shoes and it's the best move of your life. you got to yeah. just be, you know, dead-eyed, like – but you were always, always, always locked in from the time you got here. Was that something that you had to learn, or is that something that's just about you, that, that was, like, innate about you? And can you, like, translate that into today's players? Because it was – you just were clutch over and over again. And I know that's one of the reasons why people connect to you. Um, I think that's just something that's in me as a person in general. Uh, my wife complains about it sometimes. <laughs> She's like, I think I left a candle on at the house. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Let's, let's turn around. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not like, holy shit, the house about to burn. Yeah, down. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, you never get mad. You never. And I'm like, well, you know, what can we do? Let's just turn around and go figure it out. Yeah. So I think that's just who I am as a person. Um, I like to, and I actually learned this from, from Mark Macon, right? Mm-hmm. When I first got to Temple, um, he was like, you have to envision hitting that game when it's shot. Mm-hmm before you even are put in that position. So, like, he was like, when you're sitting in your dorm, just think about what that actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? So I envisioned myself hitting a game winner at for the NCAA tournament or something like that, so that when it really happens, I'm just like, wow, that was kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I thought about it, but it's not a shock. I mean, obviously, in the moment, you will be excited. Um, but it's uh, I think that's just something that's in me. Um, today's player has a lot more pressure than we had, Mm -hmm. you know, strictly due to social media, right? right? Um, Shoot two for 11, two hours later, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram, he stinks. We didn't have that, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to wait till the next game. So Mm -hmm. when these guys come in here, I talk to them just about how they're feeling as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how's everything, you know, everything good with your schoolwork, everything, you know. And I I told all, I put them all to the side, I said, listen, man, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to be telling you about X's and O's. But if you have any issues outside of practice, you know, come talk to me. So, Thanks, Lynn. All right, big thanks to Lynn Greer for spending some time with us. Let's talk about this Temple team, 6-3, and three, uh, coming off the win over Albany in the NABC Classic, right? The NABC Classic? Brooklyn Showcase. The Brooklyn yes. Showcase, yes. not the Classic. Close. Tomato, Unreal. tomato. Unreal. And they've got <laughs> Unreal what? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Google search, you know. You want to do the script next week? <laughs> Have you no. do the script next week? No, sir. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> you do the script next week. <laughs> no, sir. I'm Set sorry, sir. Some time for it. <laughs> no, sir. People make mistakes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> We're all complex creatures. We have our strengths. We have our flaws. You're right. You're right. And I, I didn't appreciate that at that moment. I apologize. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> anyway. Um, and they've got VCU coming up, of course, on Saturday. And, uh, Mary, you were at the game. Yes. Uh, Temple led through pretty much the entire all game. of it. Um, and, again, like Albany's already they, – they, I can't remember what they've done this week, but getting better than what they were last week, coached by former Temple assistant 
between killings, but uh, they held on at the end. Just just general takeaways from the game. Again, we, we know this is a team that is in year one of a, whatever you want to call it, a rebuild, a retooling, but another win, another non-conference win. What jumps out at you a few days later from this game? How Sarah Miller had his best game of the season and then decided to have his worst game of the season at the same time, kind of. Ooh. It was first half, Hasir Miller was aggressive. He was get, he was making the right decisions off pick and roll, which is something I think he struggled with this year. Mm-hmm. And he was knocking down shots. Mm-hmm. Second half, Hasir Miller, complete opposite. He was like one for 10 at one point, I, I believe. But luckily for him, Zion Stanford and Jordan Riley picked him up and carried the scoring load in the second half. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I was really impressed with was their ability to, when Albany started their run, mm-hmm. started to come back and cut the lead to four, they did that several times, Temple had an answer and blew the lead back up eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. That's something that I haven't really seen from them mm-hmm. this year. Like, they've they've held on to games, but it was, you know, strictly on the defensive end. They were getting mm-hmm. stops, and they would go on, you know, five, six-minute scoring droughts. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen against Albany. And it was it was impressive to see them actually be able to have answers when they needed them offensively. Yeah. Uh, so we have a mailbag question about this team, about Chilo White specifically. We'll address that when we get to the mailbag. Temple, again, is playing at VCU this weekend. VCU's 5-5 five and five in Ryan Odom's first season. Of course, Ryan Odom was at UMBC when they knocked off UVA's number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And they spent the past two seasons at Utah State before coming to VCU. They're coming off an 86-58 win over Alcorn State. And he's taken on a bit of a, I hate to say rebuild there, but, you know, they lost Ace Baldwin. So, uh, obviously, a, a big piece of the roster that's missing there. He transferred to Penn State. Then earlier this season, they beat Penn State 86-74. Had to be a little satisfying for them considering Mike Rhodes left VCU for the Penn State job, and like I said, took Ace uh, Baldwin with them. Uh, they've got some talent. Max uh, Max Shulga, a guard who came over from Utah State, is their leading scorer, is averaging around 15.5 points a game. Uh, Zeb Jackson, who spent his first two seasons at Michigan before coming to VCU, he's taken a big jump over last season, averaging almost 15 points a game. They have some size with Toby Lawal and uh, former Temple recruiting target Christian Furman. So uh, we'll see what happens for the Owls on Saturday. Then, of course, they head out to Hawaii for the Diamond Hit Classic. Let's talk about Diane Richardson and her recruitment of Kiyomi McMiller. So she put out on Instagram now, she released her her top seven. Uh, you guys took the trip out to Burlington, New Jersey, to Life Center Academy. Uh, won't give away everything that, that we talked about in the story. That's that's for subscribers, but we can talk, of course, talk a little bit about this. You guys got to got to see her play. Temple's in the mix for her decision uh, for her recruitment, and uh, I mean, she announced her she announced her decision date. But that was the first time you guys have seen her play. I know you guys were impressed, but give give our listeners some insight uh, into to what you saw. I mean, she is unbelievably fast. Like she. It, it almost looked like the other players on the floor, and no disrespect, you know, they, they're they good players, right? But it almost looked like they were moving in slow motion compared to her. The way that she was able to see the floor so quickly, um, she, we, I'll, I'll give this quote away. You know, it's a good quote, um, and I'm sure we'll play the audio here in a second, but she mentioned that people don't typically think of her as a passer, 
but she was racking up assists and you know finding holes in the uh, in the defense that you know we couldn't even see until she like actually made the pass she's just very like a, a, a hustler and she's got an all-around game that when paired with the rest of the 2024 class and the 2025 class that um, Diane Richardson is trying to put together on North Broad I mean it would be unbelievable to have her you know even if it was just her I think it would be an incredible recruiting class but you know on top of Savannah Curry Adina Webster Kelly and Sedano um, it would just be unbelievable. This team would look completely different next year. And it's down to Temple. Temple, Florida State, Rutgers, UCF, West Virginia, JMU, Ole Miss. We added someone else in there. Anyway, Temple's in the mix. Exciting oh. stuff for Diane Richardson and her staff. Of course, it'll be a lot more exciting if, if they get her. Johnny, Ramirez, anything you guys want to add? You were there as well. I think for me, it was just like the way she did it so effortlessly. effortlessly. The way... Uh, I mean, Declan talked about the passing, just her ability just to move around on the floor and get buckets so easily. I think that, like, stood out to me really quickly. I mean, the first minute and a half of the game, she had already had four points, a couple blocks, steals, and some assists, and already put her team up. It, it just felt like from the get-go, she was able to just do it so effortlessly and put her team ahead that it just, it just the way she, like, looks on the floor, too, you can tell that she is a different type of talent. Like, you know that she's better than everyone else around her. Defensively, I think one thing that is very valuable to a team is someone who can play the passing lanes. Mm -hmm. um, Tre's does that well, and Keomi McMiller does that well. It got to a point where it's almost like she knew where the next pass was going to go. I don't think she ever got one because the whoever the ball handler was at the time recognized that she was there. But she was always there, like even if it was two passes away. And she's so fast that she would leave her man to go play the passing lane and then run back to her man mm -hmm. and not miss a beat on defense. And that was impressive to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so again, if you're an Alscoop.com subscriber, you'll have access to to that story. We will play this clip here for you guys. And again, Declan, Ramirez, and Johnny all had the chance to talk to Kiyomi McMiller after the game. And this is Kiyomi talking about what her, um, just a little bit of insight into her game. We're playing the clip where she's talking about. Well, being we'll play a good, two clips. We'll here, play my two friend. clips. One, you intro these since you were there. Please, if you wouldn't mind, I would. Uh, <laughs> so, this first clip, and you'll hear it right now, is uh, a little bit about her game, a little bit of insight into what she sees on the floor and what we got a chance to see in Burlington, New Jersey. I mean, you mentioned it. it's like one of your worst games. Like, you you know, the shots weren't falling in the first half, but you still found a way and got like 30-something points. Like, how how does your mindset change in the game? Like, does it at all, or is it just fine buckets? Oh, no, it never really changes. Uh, it's still the same throughout the whole game because at the end of the day, my team still needs me. So it's I can't have a mindset of, like, just being negative. Like, there's a game of four quarters, so... People always talk about like your scoring ability, but also you, you were a monster on defense and a bunch of steals, and also were made a bunch of great passes as well. Is that something you also try to focus on, even though people always talk about how easy it is for you to score? Oh no, I definitely do, because people also like to say I don't pass. If they oh, come really? to it, yeah, they say it all the time. Dang. If they come to the game, you'll actually see like that pass. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and this second clip right here is just a little bit of insight into her visit at Temple. Um, this is, to my knowledge, the first time she's really talked about coming to North Broad and meeting with Coach Richardson and uh, her staff as well. She talks a little bit about how long she's known Diane, 
um, and how that really has played into her decision-making process as well. And we'll roll that clip. So actually, I grew up, I knew Coach Rich since I was in third grade. So I knew her for a long time. I knew her when she was at GW, and I went to her camp, and I was like, you know, of course, the youngest one there. <laughs> but, like, I know Coach Rich for a long time. I knew the whole staff, and they're all from the DMV. So it was like, it's just, I just got to see him again, really. It was just us pretty much hanging out. That's pretty much what it was. That's awesome. That's awesome. I really enjoyed uh, getting to go up to Temple and getting to see everything that they got to offer him. All right, so continue to stay locked in with Alscoop.com if you want to know more about her recruitment as it gets closer down to the wire here next month. Let's talk about football recruiting for the Temple Owls because it's going to be a busy five or six days ahead. Next Wednesday is the first day of the early signing period, Wednesday, December 20th. So NC State transfer, since we last talked to you guys here on The Scoop, NC State transfer Torrin Wright and then UTEP cornerback Tory Richardson have committed Again, since we last talked to you, Richardson announced his verbal commitment last night. Johnny just talked to him. We'll have that story up by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, again, if you're an Al Scoop subscriber, you already know through Kyle's reporting that Richardson was coming in for an official visit last weekend. And if you read our story today, you'll learn about another player who's expected to announce his Temple commitment. Again, also, like I said at the outset of the pod, the quarterback position is obviously a huge question mark now that EJ Warner is gone via the transfer portal. I wrote about that earlier this week. And after talking to about a half dozen sources, I've been able to narrow down a list of the players that they're targeting in the portal and at the high school level at quarterback. So as we always say, if you haven't subscribed yet to Alscoop.com, now is as good a time what as any. What are you doing? What are you, you doing? You love that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you love that shit. That's, That's what we always say. So around, you know, again, and I think we'll have what one more episode of the scoop before before Christmas. I think next week will be a little bit more more. National I, Signing Day focused. Yeah, I uh, heard rumblings we were doing one over each of our Christmas dinners, but I thought we were spending <laughs> Christmas together. That's that's <laughs> another that so as well. Mary. You were so sad. We did invite ourselves to John's Feast of the Seven Fishes. That's uh, something that actually did happen. You love so. every ever since you saw the bear. bear you're yeah. just like seven fishes, seven fishes, seven fishes. You that's love it. Great episode. Those of you that you haven't watched the seven it, fishes. That I they mean, not used. That, not there. There are. I, I don't want to say I thought that you could use any seven fishes. You can, but like, what what do you think is is sometimes part of the seven fishes dinner? Uh, I mean, it depends on the family. You know, whatever people <laughs> are already, feeling. You're already stalling. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> that's that's the whole. Pl- that's the whole reason I invited myself. <laughs> Salmon. <laughs> Tuna. <laughs> I guess you, <laughs> you just pick two out. Of people the, use shrimp. You, I know. That's one. Halibut. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think of what halibut. Shut up. <laughs> fish I, it would count. <laughs> it would count. I don't know. Tuna, to halibut, and salmon are probably not. I'm trying to think of fish. Uh, Snapper. Minnows. <laughs> minnows. <laughs> sardines. Sardines. That's sardines what I was is thinking closer. It's, sardines is better than minnows. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I no. couldn't name it because it's cloudy with the chance of meatballs. Smelts, calamari. Shrimp, oh, calamari. Clams, linguine with clams. I love calamari. Smelts, either bake them or you fry said, them. You um, said spaghetti and something, and I was spaghetti like, oh, clams. interesting. Linguine with clams. It was, yeah. yeah. Linguine right. with minnows. And yum. Just a, just a <laughs> Delicious. Just a, a tried Goldfish. and true tradition. Goldfish. <laughs> Go down to uh, East Pass Junk Avenue and walk into any of the restaurants down there and say, yeah, you guys have uh, linguine with minnows? I don't know where that is. No. 
but we were literally there back in the spring. Oh, is that where we were? Yeah. Oh, okay. Your, your directional. I do know where that sport. is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I don't know how to get there. Anyway, let's get to the mailbag. A uh, few questions to, to get to here. Uh, some mailbag activity picking up right before we started recording. First question here, and again, most of these are coming from our message boards. These are screen names from our message boards. The first one comes from Temple Fan Al, one of our loyal listeners. The question from Temple Fan Al, how does the new NCAA two-time transfer ruling impact Temple, positively or negatively? So obviously that case drew a lot of attention yesterday because former Temple center Jamil Reynolds was testifying yesterday. As of now, now transfers who are transferring a second time are eligible to play right away. So that means guys like Jamil Reynolds, he can play right away at Cincinnati. Of course, this is a second transfer. He uh, came to Temple from UCF first time around. I, I think it impacts Temple negatively more than positively because, you know, if you're especially on the football end of things, and, and we're going to be talking about this a lot next week, you know, Stan Drayton and his staff have had two, three and nine seasons. They They have to they have to win next year. They, you got to mm-hmm. win six or seven games, get to a bowl game, show some sort of real signs of, of progress or change could be coming. So what do you do? Do you go out and recruit a lot of high school guys that, that are going to need some time that might need to redshirt? Or are you going to go out and recruit transfers who already are, they're coming to you the second they're They're coming to you uh, the second time around and so, or, you know, like it, they, they would have to, if they transfer a second time, they're going to have to sit out a year. And that's the, the advantage that Temple would have. You get guys that are going to have to think twice. But now that anybody, whether this is going to be a temporary thing or a permanent thing, yeah, I think it hurts Temple. So, uh, I mean, I don't think I'm breaking any news there. No, I think that makes total sense because there are, you know, more than a couple guys we've talked about this year saying like oh are they going to transfer and then immediately saying well they shouldn't because they'd have to sit out of here it would be their second time yeah unless so they're this, a grad transfer yeah yeah so this i i think it hurts yeah for sure but um you look at the positive i guess like landon morris would have been able to play this year that would have been cool like yep yeah that would yeah on the positive end sure yeah but other than that yeah i think it i think it hurts like you said i think it you don't have to think twice anymore mm-hmm. now yep. it's uh if you want to transfer you want to get to a higher level go Mm-hmm. Like, do it. So, you know, we've talked about how is Temple going to keep up in this landscape? Well, this is another hit to how they're going to be able to keep up. Yeah. Next question comes from Twitter from our friend Sean McGady, who does the I'll Be Back podcast. Shout out. His question, imagine you are Arthur Johnson. Arthur Johnson is, of course, Temple's athletic director. You can ask Santa for one thing for Temple Athletics, a specific player slash position of need, an on-campus stadium, a uh, new coach for Team X, et cetera. For Christmas, what are you asking for and why? I've always felt bad being the the kid that's like, you know, if somebody asks you, what do you want to, what do you want as a gift? Like, do you want this? You want this? And then you just go, ah, can I, can I just get the money? You know, would that be okay? Mm-hmm. But that's if I'm Arthur Johnson in this scenario, I'm asking for money, asking for NIL support and lots of it. If there's any way that Santa would say, you know, here's ten years of donors that are willing to to put up x amount of money mm-hmm. for you you know merry christmas i i think that would be the way to to ask you know you go to the christiana mall for my you know our faithful delaware listeners and <laughs> you go to the the christiana mall santa if you're arthur johnson you say please can we get some more nil support and constant and like frequent nil support as well 
Santa's just up in the North Pole, like just reading nonstop about NIL. Oh, name, image, likeness. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Thank you. From here, Johnny. <laughs> now that Declan has spoken to us as Santa, does that throw you off at all, or do you, are you ready with an answer? Uh, it kind of throws me off a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, I I think Declan's right. I think the money is helpful. I mean, I think it, it to be a little different. I think for in in a sense of football, I think an on-campus stadium that like mm-hmm. doesn't like make you pay millions of dollars every year to play there, I think would be pretty helpful for the football program. Obviously, like there's the community and all that stuff you have to think about as well. But if mm-hmm. there's a way to make an on-campus stadium that doesn't affect people and you don't have to pay to play, I feel like that would be a pretty nice Christmas present if I do say so myself. Ramir? Well, for the sake of being different, you go to Christiana Mall, you Shout out saying this lap. Second, second Christian Mall reference on the scoop. Right, this, this is a big Delaware alone. guy. He loves the first I d- state. He I do not Delaware. like Christian Mall though. But <laughs> that's, that's There's no other. Does anybody mall like any mall anymore? I, Anytime actually, I walk into any mall anymore, I immediately want to turn around and go back. It's just so crowded. It is. I agree. I, I've always enjoyed the mall. I've always enjoyed the strolling. You know, the strolling. the window shopping. You know, the getting out. Going, going to find the bargains, even though I'm broke. So, like, I'll never buy anything. But Have you always been moonlighting as a 57-year-old man? Just trying to find the bargains. <laughs> Clipping coupons. Look, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest of five. You know, we learn ways to, to save, you know. Yep. It, it would be foolish not to. So That's good. It's good sound financial advice. Thank you. Right, Sorry, back, I didn't mean to steal to you, your man. thunder. Sorry. No, you're good. Shout out, Delaware. Shout out, <laughs> Delaware. You, you hope and you ask Santa for two things. One, Marvin Harrison Jr. decides he wants to come home. <laughs> and Imagine the shockwave that that would send. And put on the cherry and white for his last season before going to the NFL. Stan Drayton would faint. He'd be like, you, are you sure? <laughs> All right. And Washington State transfer Cam Ward because he needs somebody throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking you get Riley Leonard to decommit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say Arthur Arthur needs to ask Santa for about four or five donors with, with the means to donate a lot and set his programs up for the future. I think ideally if he is penning his letter to Santa, I might tweak the language and not have him say that ideally it should be used for retention more than recruitment. I just <laughs> think that that's something he should change up. Just need in, money. In his letter <laughs> to Santa. Money, I think AAU coaches and high school coaches are going to kind of wince when they hear that. So I would change the language there, but that's what I would ask for if I were Arthur Johnson. So interesting, uh, interesting question there. Next one comes from Twitter as well from another one of our loyal listeners off the hook. Three is the Twitter handle. I feel like a boomer saying this, but if you aren't a high school commit, you shouldn't be doing commit edits or making posts about blessed to receive an offer from you are 24 years old. Just tell the staff you are coming and hit the gym. Am I alone here? Yeah, I think you're being a little grumpy. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like, <laughs> it's funny though. <laughs> that, that's very it's crazy. It's funny, but yeah, you're I a mean, twenty-four year old man made me laugh. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think these guys, they, these guys, should be able to to create commitment videos, and it, the second time around might be the most important step of their life. Oh yeah, so, an I opportunity mean, is an opportunity regardless, and I think coaches like. You know, whether they read that stuff or not, it reflect, reflects positively on who you are yeah. saying like, oh, I'm grateful that this coach is taking a shot on me to be able to 
you know, send me this offer. Like, I think that's, you know, it's small and it probably doesn't matter, but it's at least, you know, a public image thing. Off yeah. the hook three, a little grumpy, but you know, fair question. Johnny, how do you feel about this? Um, no, I, I think, yeah, probably a little bit grumpy. I mean, I do think sometimes, like, seeing all of them come up and it's, like, the same message, like, blessed to receive, like, this offer, it gets kind of repetitive. And it's, what, what would you what would you suggest they say? I don't know. Honored. Honored, honored to receive. To me, I feel like I Grateful, see that one, too. Appreciative. I don't know. I, th- I think maybe maybe use chat GPT to come up with a more, <laughs> a more interesting way to announce that you got an offer. That's I feel, I feel it Make yourself stand out. That, that's that's what that's so my take bad, on not it. Not a bad answer. Yeah, right, Mary. Where do you where do you stand on this? You... They're just showing how grateful they are for an opportunity to play somewhere because you know not everyone gets a chance to do that. So I don't care. Like Johnny did say, it does get a little crazy. Like when I'm scrolling and I got six of different A-G-T-G. athletes saying the same thing, but it's it's like like Declan said, it, it's a reflection on who they are. Off the hook three, I hope we've given you something to think about during this holiday season. <laughs> just some just some what grateful kids. <laughs> just, some, just some grateful kids. <laughs> what are we thinking about? <laughs> That's okay. Just let these kids be hey, kids. Let them look, be grateful. You're allowed to you're allowed to have your opinion on it. You know, oh, you I'm, can. Not, I'm not gonna fault off the hook three. Absolutely. I'm not either. I'm just saying maybe we've given him something to think of. No. Oh. Or if not, that's okay too. I appreciate you listening. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you listening. Regardless. If not, that's okay too. <laughs> uh, the next one comes from an Alscoop subscriber. The screen name is Temple J. How is NIL going? Any improvement? The Tough Fund has put some messaging on the Alscoop message boards on Twitter. They've talked about, you know, some increases in in donations. How much? I don't. I don't. I'm yeah. not involved with the Tough Fund. I don't know how much money they have i think there's been some improvement but i think anybody at temple arthur johnson adam fisher diane richardson stan drayton anybody would tell you that they still have a long way to go and i'm not yeah. saying that to, just for the sake of being critical i think it's just being realistic so i think some improvement but a lot more ahead for them jhg722 with the next mailbag question which quarterback connected to temple do you think sets temple up for the most success next season JHG, it's it's uh, I don't know I don't want to give this necessarily give this away because this is for subscribers, but uh, I would say that that quarterback from the MAC, who is one of the guys under consideration, would be would be somebody I think that would that would help them. That's a tease right there. Wink, wink. Tease. I mean, people should be able to to figure it out. Kurt Goodwin well, from Twitter with this last question to uh, close things out: Is Jaleel White going to be back on Saturday? As I understand it, I think he still has to be. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he is playing Saturday against VCU. I've been told he's a lot closer to playing, but he has to. He has to be able to to be cleared for practice tomorrow. So again, we're recording this on Thursday evening. He has to be cleared to practice tomorrow uh, before they get down there. And if he's not cleared to practice tomorrow, meaning Friday, meaning Friday, yes. So that's still very much up in the air. If he's not cleared to practice on Friday, he's not going to play Saturday. So it's not a, a definite. I don't know for sure, Kurt. Uh, again, I think it'll be soon, but uh, I don't know if you're going to see him for the first time on Saturday at VCU or if you're going to see him for the first time at the Diamond Head Classic. But again, if, you, if you've been listening to the whole episode here, you heard me ask Lynn Greer about Jaleel White. Obviously, it would be huge to have him back. Again, I think he really could have helped them against somebody like Rashir Fleming. Helps him at both ends of the floor playing some of the best basketball of his career so far. So uh, still very much up in the air. I think it would be premature to say he's going to play on Saturday. 
But we'll see. Yes, we will. That's a little sass and... Well, I was just putting the emphasis <laughs> on your point. At the, at the end of the podcast. I was here. just emphasizing your point. Guys, any final reflections before we close things out here? This is usually what gets you in trouble. Johnny <laughs> just zipped his lips as if he has some sort of controversial take to fire off. No. Do you have something that you're really longing to say that I that you feel... Do you feel like... Oh, no. Do you feel hamstrung here that you can't this say something? one of two no, ways. No, you, you said you, this is where we usually get in trouble. And I was like, you know what? Like... Just to be safe. You're and playing just... right into it. <laughs> not really. <laughs> He's not. Eh. Whoa, whoa. A little bit. That's crazy. Do you have any final reflections on <laughs> your last week before you graduate? I was thinking, like, will this be my last scoop appearance? I don't think it will be. You're going to quit? No, I'm not going to quit. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like, what if Listen to him fight for I get a I job like offer? That. I like that. I get a job offer tomorrow. I'm not, you know, doing the scoop. After I, you know, still have him as a special guest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I'll do that until you move out to Middletown, yeah. Delaware. Middletown, Delaware. Third ref. I am sitting at the at the Temple Performing Arts Center on Wednesday, and I say I insist that we record next Wednesday, and I'm like, we got a podcast to record. <laughs> Come Wait, on, Wednesday. That is his graduation day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Let's hurry, let's hurry up the graduation. Uh, follow, follow along, <laughs> follow along, Declan. That was well, I got confused. confused. I got confused. Unfortunately, I thought John, it was the day before. Right, Ramirez a V Vaughn, so he's at yeah, the very no, end. So you're gonna have to wait for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is yeah. gonna be tough. Winter graduation probably gonna be a little shorter. It is. Yeah. Have you thought about? Have you thought about your your outfit? What you're gonna be wearing underneath the robe? I don't even have the robe, so I, I have to go get that before I so think about what I'm wearing. To recap, <laughs> you Unreal. don't know where the Temple Performing Arts Center is, and you don't have the the graduation regalia. Are you walking at graduation? I don't even know the time I'm supposed to be. Oh <laughs> yeah. my! So it hasn't a, hit me yet. It hasn't fairness, hit me yet that I'm graduated, and I work it, so I have no idea. See? It's usually 90 One minutes One of the before. best students I've, I've worked with in my 22 years at Temple. Otherwise, a, 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 just a fantastic <laughs> writer, reporter, and human I being. Rank your <laughs> Rank <laughs> your best <laughs> students you ever worked with. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> We've got some time. Stop pandering. <laughs> Stop clamoring for my praise. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking You'll for You'll have it. your time. I'm looking for you to get in hot water. I don't care about my praise. I mean, I do, but that's <laughs> like, do. Was not say. relevant to this conversation. Let it, let it be me. Um <laughs> Ramirez cut some work. He's got some things, some things to correct between now and next week. <laughs> oh no, you got to work on that. You're Amen. falling in the rankings, Ramirez. Amen. No, Kyle has the power rankings. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle's always. Number I love one, the Alsco so. power oh. rankings. Anytime someone says two. something nice about Kyle, he's like, "I knew I always loved you." Outdated <laughs> <laughs> yeah. power rankings. It's constantly a fight for number two. He hasn't released a power <laughs> ranking in a while, though. Like there hasn't been like a, he made like that graphic one time <laughs> yeah. that I laughed for forever at. But ever ever since then, he hasn't really released one. Hearing that, hearing you say that. I laughed forever. That's gonna vault you to the top, because you just Hopefully. giggled. You just giggled about Kyle. <laughs> okay, that's not what it was. <laughs> no, I honestly don't think he was. He was trying to kiss Kyle's ass. There, I think uh, he, he was. Like, we can, you know, those of you who are listening, you can't see the glow in Johnny's eyes, but he, like it was legitimately, like just <laughs> reflecting back on this graphic that Kyle created with. Because I, th- I think I think he put me in like the like uh, like worried. If they if they're alive, <laughs> yes. I think you put me in that category. Yeah, because I was still wor- I was still working with the Phillies at that point, so that's why I, w- I thought it was funny. Yeah, especially Caden was in that category too, because he never answers his phone. Yeah, he just went, I'm here, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for this week. Next week, if if we are if we still happen to record on Thursday, then at that point, 
Right, well, we Vaughn will be a Temple graduate. We have a game on Thursday. We're playing pickup basketball. No, like we're covering a game on Thursday. Are we? Well, why well, you don't have to? I guess. No, I do. Inquire. Women's basketball plays on Thursday. Right, right. And I'm going home after that. Sorry. All right, maybe we'll record on Tuesday. We'll sort this out while <laughs> while say. we're not taking up valuable airtime. Anyway, thanks for sticking with us for another episode. Thank you again to Lynn Greer for joining me earlier today for this week's one-on-one interview for The Scoop. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great weekend.